yeah. easy ever gonna be. Cool. Alright, in three, two, and one. Well, hello everyone and welcome. We are here at the X Bar. It's the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast number 28, wrapping up the 2018 season. That seems kind of appropriate any Monday, 28, 2018. Okay. We were, we were rattling off names. We got a 28. That's a champion. We did. But, and there's Jesse a lot Bernhagen. more. Yep. Corey Manders. Jerry J. Schneider. Jim Weber. Rick Wenzel. Hammer and Hank Kalmus. Doug Carpenter. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a very popular number. Very, very popular. Very popular Alan Kowicki, Hardy's car. There you go. Okay. Kelly Yarbrough, if Kelly we want to really get into it. But. Going there. Okay. So season's over. Obviously, Dan Strong, how are you? Doing quite all right. Doing a lot of videos, a lot of video work. Oh, it's yeah. It's all available for everyone. Absolutely. Let's do a very quick recap of the final night because I think we kind of saved the very best for last, that final feature. And, Andy, I know you were part of it, so you didn't really get to watch what <laughs> happened. And you and I got to see this thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Brent Stralka chasing down Alex Stumpf and then making a pass by just a couple of inches at the line. What was that, Point zero zero eight. It was so seconds. close. But, yeah, one of the more entertaining features. And we actually did. It literally was the last race because we had to run the figure eights beforehand, too. Yep. So. That was a good race, too. It went green to checkered. No mm-hmm. accidents. and uh, We could have used maybe one or two because the cleanup was still going on. True. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but like you said, a very close race at the line, and uh, it looked like watching the video that Alex maybe got a little loose with two or three to go, and Brent was able to close that gap, and then they're side by side the last two laps, and pretty much a drag race to the line. Point zero zero eight is like less than ten inches. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely close, and uh, wow, Brent Stroka, I think Didn't he win the finishing, the final event of the year? Was it two or three years ago? Yep, Last year right. and two years ago. Two years ago, he was doing the double. He ran yep. the, the late model feature. He finished maybe second, and then he second, won the super won. feature that night, I believe. And of course, no, that was last year, I thought. Okay. Yeah, and of course, the reason that we had to run late was because of the late models. Track got greased down. And then Eric Hoffensberger's car, Nate Van Wyken picking up their second win. Pretty short race, I think. What was it? Just 13 laps? That got Something done? like that, oh, yeah. Was it seven? It was, I remember there was a, it was 13 and seven was a split. I can't remember which which one actually got done. I think it was uh, 13 done, seven to go. Okay, sounds, sounds about right. right. Yeah. And rate the burnout. Who had the better burnout, Bernhagen or Van Wyken? Oh, I don't know. They did them right after each they, other. They were Nate both won the race. very, very good. Bernhagen, I think. Yeah. Bernhagen? Oh, yeah. He had more tire smoke. <laughs> Depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for smoke, if you're looking for spin, if you're looking for control, you could be like Kempkis and put the nose of it up against the wall and blow their tires off. Right. What yeah. do you want to do here? You could be like Jesse out at home and break your race car. <laughs> I mean, I think that was the best one. That one, yeah. We're not gonna the see most much. expensive one. We're not gonna most see much more one. like that. Yeah. No. Uh, let's just run through the feature finishers or winners real quick, and then we have a couple guests here tonight, a couple of champions with us. But first off, Ed Howard won his second Superstock race of the season. What was that that one? That was two of the last three. Yeah, and Ed only came out the last five or six races, right? so yeah. that's pretty good. And, and I want to say it was actually three of the last four. He dropped the second one. So he won, dropped, won, won. Okay. Yeah, I mean, great end of the season for that 11 car. Sizzling fours, Justin Fickle in that 47. Oh, my God. That car's never won before. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With anybody behind the wheel, right? Yeah, nice job by him. Sport trucks. We'll we'll save some suspense because we're going to talk to that guy. (laughs) You guys can all probably figure that out. He only won about eight of them this year. Right. Terry Van Roy, one in the figure eights as well. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's get right into our guest. And she may not be the first female champion at WIR in the super stock division, but she's the first one on the podcast. (laughs) Rachel Meyerhofer, congratulations. Now, your championship story is quite a bit different than the rest of the champions because you had to come from behind. You were actually trailing going into the final races of the night. What were you thinking? What was that like, and how great did it feel to come out on top? I have to say I really didn't have a whole lot of faith into it. I knew I had a lot of competition, 
Um, I was extremely bummed on the second to last night on our finish and going into it behind was kind of scary but going into the night and beating them in qualifying and sitting on the front stretch in the heat race when he could not move I my heart kind of dropped felt kind of bad and then I was kind of relieved yeah because that just sort of took care of everything obviously George Schwalbach was your main competitor and dropped out of the heat race when you guys had a caution and didn't make it back out for the feature so that just kind of that had to take a lot of pressure off of you for the feature didn't it it did I mean pulling into the pits and seeing him on the trailer I'd I, I did feel bad because I didn't want it to be that way to the end of it, but we had a lot of bad nights too, so. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because your season was a real roller coaster ride on the way to the championship. You had some really good nights where you're setting fast times or you're winning features, and then there were a couple of nights where things just didn't really go your way. Yeah, we were just crashing into walls. <laughs> I think Joe Vertigan jinxed you the one night, right? You had yeah, the big right yep, up in the post press yep. and everything was looking good. And then here comes Lady Luck. Well, wham. Yeah, I guess you got to you gotta stay away from the interview, man, when, the, when those <laughs> yeah. are It's like coming. the Sports Illustrator, Madden cover jinx. Let the Madden cover jinx, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have to say, we even had another interview halfway through the season with somebody else. And actually, I think we wrecked the following week also. <laughs> Not so. the podcast, though. No, the podcast is good luck. <laughs> And we're done for the year. So. Yeah, exactly. You don't. You're not doing any year-end specials or anything like that, so you don't have to worry. No, we're gonna park it and see what we come back with next year. You did kind of hint at that a little bit too when we were talking on the half mile after. Do you got any plans? Okay, I know you don't. You not necessarily have to give them away here. You'd be really cool if you did because the podcast people would love it. Nobody listens anyway. But, remember? Yeah, but are, but are you thinking <laughs> of something? Do you got something in mind already, or? Is that a plan that's going to come a little bit later? Um, we really don't have anything set in mind. Obviously, we've had talk about whether it be going to the half mile or just going out and having fun. I really wanted to travel to a couple different tracks this year, uh, Norway, Plover, and with running for the championship. And we actually were fighting motor problems almost the entire season, so we decided not to go anywhere else. So we might just end up doing that next year, and we'll see. Nothing set in stone, though. Her options are open. Yes. If you're reading between the lines here, right. So if somebody's looking for a driver mm. that's I'm got here. a championship under her belt, there you go. You know, good that, qualifier. That works. Fast well. top five car in that, a feature. That worked for Steve Apel. He just posted on Facebook that the car was done for the year, and now he's in the 12 car, the Kelly Byers car. So there you go. Just post on Facebook. Not sure about the car, but I got my helmet and driver's suit, and I'm ready to go. So when do you want to come fit your seat in the 10 car? There you go. Then I can buy a boat. <laughs> I kind of want a boat, too. Oh, so oh. <laughs> We're all talking about boats, aren't we? Here? I was kind of thinking about that myself. <laughs> and I'm just sitting over here like, I'd like anything. You probably already have a boat. Nope. No, not yet. Nope. Okay. I'd like a house, though. A house might not be a bad thing. So obviously your brother's Mike. We've had him on the podcast before, right. the uh, well-known showstopper. Have you ever driven Mike's car on the half mile? I have not. Well, what's I, up with that? I attempted to drive it down his road one time, and he's about six inches taller than I am. So <laughs> as you can see, that's a problem. <laughs> Maybe put some blocks on the pedals. Yeah, Natalie phone Decker book style. on the seat. Yeah, that will definitely help out. <laughs> Is that the aspiration, though? If, if in a perfect world... You had your decision, and it played out of what you could do in 2018. Would it be on the half mile? I don't know yet. I'm really undecided. I actually didn't have a whole lot of fun a lot of weeks this year. Um, the big rock really took that out of a lot of things. And like I said, we fought problems every single week. There wasn't a week that we weren't working in the shop so I don't know yet if there was a crew to come with it my decision ah, might be different there we go <laughs> there's the rub all those highs and lows of the year though and getting the championships still I mean that's all part it of the is journey. all worth it yeah if you just went out there every week and set fast time on the feature like someone else we've seen do that then there's no story behind it you know yeah it was you pretty guys. awesome to 
literally we sat in the shop the Friday after we hit the wall and we're deciding what to buy next or what should we race because we weren't going to fix it and somehow so let's ask this question it's nearly two weeks after the last night has it sunk in yet uh i don't know not really i haven't done a whole lot of celebrating so (laughs) that's what the banquet's for (laughs) oh yeah definitely (laughs) andy how long did it take for you last year i mean i know you were still celebrating two weeks after I think when it really kind of sunk in is when we started racing some more at the end of that year. So when we went to Slinger and then uh, came to the Tundra race at the Dells, when you kind of get introduced at that race in the starting lineup as a champion, then it kind of like sets in a little bit. I get more. Yeah. Or the old Wikipedia page gets updated and (laughs) you can see that it's official. We were actually out of town up, up at Crandon the weekend after. So hearing people come up and congratulate myself, that was, felt good. Yeah, and you got a lot of shirts in the stands all the time. I mean, you probably, it just had to be a whirlwind of emotions on Thursday with so many people coming up to you. Did you meet relatives that you didn't know you had? Because I would imagine that's the kind of thing that happens. Um, I have to say, I did have a lot of, actually, the week that we won the feature, I had a lot of people come up and say hi, take pictures. No idea who they were, <laughs> but hey, that's, I really like the fans. That's one of my favorite parts of it. Oh, you know, we always like to ask people how they got into racing, and I think it's got to be pretty obvious with you, with the family. But, you know, there are people who just have the family go, and they decide, no, not for me. When did you know that racing was for you, and when did you kind of get the itch, and you think that itch is ever going to go away, or are you going to be a racer for a long time now? Um, Well, obviously from my brother, Mike. Um, I remember sitting in the shop with them when they were probably my age and working they were working on the car I was the one handing them tools we'd go back and forth on Saturday nights from 141 to WIR depending on what was racing what and I think that was when they raced the red white and blue series on Saturdays Um, and that's kind of when I knew I wanted to start and I just know that once I if we end up making it to the half mile I really want to be out there for a few years to actually do something and be competitive. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal for a lot of racers, really, isn't it? When you're racing on that quarter mile, is you're watching the half mile cars and you're thinking, that's got to be me someday, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, here's a question, because I know you started in the four cylinders. Do you ever look back, kind of look at the sizzling fours and say, you know, that was a lot of fun. I might, I might try to go back. <laughs> Maybe just go Not back really. and make it appear. You didn't enjoy it that much, <laughs> did you? Okay. I didn't do very good in a four-cylinder. Honesty is so. the best policy. on the. It is a podcast policy, Rachel. You can be as honest as you want to. <laughs> yeah, I had the option, actually, at the Eva Destruction to race my old four-cylinder, and I gave it to one of our friends, and I just watched instead. <laughs> you are now exclusively a non-front-wheel drive person. You don't you like blame it. her? Yeah, not, not really. I mean, I'm you sure that's up. Got that. Got it would that probably rear be wheel fun. drive. Got I, that power. I was gonna say that super stock probably handles a heck of a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rachel, uh, you were telling us a little bit about your crew and how it's kind of a tight knit group, right? It's you, it's Clint, it's your dad. A little bit of extra help, but that's that's about it, right? That is pretty much it. Um, I. I do a lot of work myself. Um, my dad actually did help out a lot this year. Normally he does the off-season kind of thing, building the car, and he's really busy, so normally he d- doesn't like to touch it during the season. Well, the championship meant a lot to him, and we wrecked a lot, so <laughs> he didn't really have a choice. All hands on deck. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and your and Uncle was, Dave, you said, as well? Yeah, my Uncle Dave helps a lot. He's, any question we have, he normally has an answer to it, and obviously Clint plays a huge ro- huge role. Other than that, that's honestly really it. <laughs> now, Clint's a racer, too, but he races on that loose stuff, right? He races on the dirt, yeah. Okay. Farming. Yeah, farming. where you put potatoes into the ground, right? <laughs> Did he, he conned you into that once or twice, hasn't he? You've tried that a few times? I did. I think I raced 
Oshkosh three times last year. Verdict on dirt racing? Um, I was really afraid to do it in the start. It was kind of fun, but definitely a huge change. <laughs> ah, so you're, you're saying asphalt all the way? I prefer the asphalt, <laughs> yes. All right, well. Dirt's for the farming. Yeah, we won't tell anybody, but <laughs> you just did, so. Um, you, you talked a little bit about working on your own race car. Is that something that kind of comes with the territory of having a bunch of racing in your family where maybe you were helping Mike or your Uncle Dave or somebody where you've learned these sorts of things throughout the years? Um, yeah, I actually did learn a lot, obviously, throughout more my time racing a super stock, uh, watching whether it be a friend or family work on the car, and I just kind of gathered knowledge along the way, and here I am. Anything weekly maintenance I can pretty much do. Other than that, I need a hand on some things. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> you do. You got a ton of crew people. I mean, you do a lot of work yourself, but you got a lot of guys takes a lot of work to get that yeah it, it helps definitely having those guys and like rachel said you know majority of the maintenance stuff i'll do myself but then when it comes to the extra stuff if you get in a wreck or you're changing something you know uh you definitely need those people on board so you can't do it by yourself and another thing you you need is sponsors and you've got a pretty good set of them yeah now would be a good time to let it, all those people know that you appreciate them yeah, we do have a lot. Um, a pretty big list, I'd have to say. Um, a lot of them are actually farm-related. So uh, we have LG Seeds and Roaring Field Services. Um, they kind of go hand-in-hand with, hand hand with each other. Um, Bill Burkheis Custom Combining, Grits, uh, J&K AG Services, uh, Dan Brucktup Trucking, Meyerhofer Dairy, uh, and then Lugnut Bar Grill, Road Trip Barn Grill, and Eagle Graphics does all the wraps on my cars. And that's pretty much it. Do you design your own wraps? Because I know you work at Eagle Graphics. I do not, actually. Okay. <laughs> so you just walk over to the graphics department and be like, I, hey, what are you guys doing on your lunch break? I give them a few ideas <laughs> and tell them what colors I want, and they go from there. And they go. support you quite a bit because I've seen uh, you had a huge crowd of them come out to the races. One yes, day, right? they do sponsor the late model division also. But, yeah, they try to get everybody to come at least once a year. Nice. Well, Rachel, big congratulations to you. Obviously well-deserved because you've been at this for a few years. So, Thank you very much. It's good to see it happen for it you. It feels good. After trying so hard for a few years and coming close, finally getting over that hump. Yeah, it's an awesome feeling. Now it's time to time to write the banquet speech. Right. You yeah, ready for that part? I'll get going on that. <laughs> well, and I was just going to say, too, now, whatever you do decide for next year, you have to tell the podcast first. That's the rule. All right, I'm I'll let you know that. when I decide. <laughs> okay, sounds good. You'll be the first to know, podcast listeners. All four of you. Yeah, every one of me. <laughs> All hey, right. Ricky Coffer. Ricky Coffer listens. He does listen. Okay. <laughs> and then it's like my mom and <laughs> Tracy Springstrow. Right. Dave Motorson. We, have, we have some listeners. We do. And we've it's got just a, few, a running joke. We've got a few in the I Czech think. Republic, too. Yeah, and like yeah. four in Russia. Perfect. Sweet. Might be bots. They might just be listening in for political tips. Could be. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to come back here in just a second. We're going to have another champion of the sport trucks. All right, well, big thanks to Rachel Meyerhofer for joining us, and we got another champion with us. Now, Rachel was a first-time champion. This guy is a two-time champion now. 2010 was when he won his first. Jason Plutz, congratulations on yet another Wisconsin Sport Truck Championship. After eight years, did you think you were going to get another one? Did you Did you feel it coming? We, we've really been trying for a couple of years now, so Brett made it pretty hard for us. Um, and, you know, Kyle's been up there for quite a few years, and... Uh, we saw all these young guns coming as well. You know, you got um, Bobby Wattier, and then, uh, you know, I mean, really, I mean, you had, uh, the young guns of Cody Vanderloop and, and Tanner Fickle, and these guys coming through that uh, really, you know, made it difficult. And we knew this was the year if we were going to go for it. We had to go for it. 
Um, this was this was gonna be the last year we we're running full time, and uh, we put everything we had at it and really made it work. And uh, it didn't look didn't look promising at the start of the year, as you guys probably saw. We had a few few not so great finishes, couple DNFs, um, put us behind, and uh, really just kind of stuck with it, tried having fun with it, and uh, just trying to have consistent finishes. And as we made it through the year, I mean, really kind of paid off and uh, probably the best year we've ever had. Yeah, it was like from 4th of July on, right. you just completely on fire. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what really happened. I mean, we uh, we just kind of went back in the notebook and uh, we, knew what, we knew what we needed to do to make it work. And uh, I mean, we for quite a few years before that, we were, we were trying different things, just kind of playing around and uh, we learned a lot and were able to kind of take all that information we did for how many years in the past and uh and put it together and really make it a you know a good season and uh i I think i think we won every race in july um i think this year as a total we won just as many features as we have our entire career racing sport truck so it was a lot of fun um i don't think something we could ever do again so we're pretty happy with it i know uh you came down to the dells earlier in the season i was down there one i think it was probably in june one night that you guys were down there, I was down there filling in, announcing, and you had won. You had won that Thursday prior as well. You said you blew up the engine that Thursday as you won, and then you blew it up again on Saturday. What was going on early on in the year there? It seemed like, was it just all engines? Was it chain? Was it Because Andy, being the resident sport truck veteran here, has kind of told us all of the things that can sort of just go wrong. Yeah, one... Uh I see. Week one, we actually, uh, we think we blew the motor up the, that first week, and then week two, um, I think it was late Wednesday night. My dad actually did a compression test and found out we were low on compression. Never told us, my brother and I, and we went out and we actually had a pretty strong finish. Or I think we were gonna have a strength, strong finish, and then we ended up blowing up. I think just a couple laps later, um, or before the finish, and. Uh, um, we were kind of realized that we were, we were starting to have this engine problem. And uh, so we had a problem there. I think in the first four weeks, we blew up four engines. Uh, a little bit of uh, overheating problem. We did some trial things, tried some different parts. Um, and uh, we think we kind of have an idea what's going on. We still don't have it fully figured out, but we have a pretty good idea what it is. Um, but yeah, then, I mean, a couple other bad luck cap few things happened there as well as we had uh we popped a chain broke a spindle and then uh just a random uh loss of rod bearing i mean that's one of those things just kind of bad luck that happens sometimes um so just a little bit of bad luck uh, a little bit of our own our own luck that we did as well and uh we kind of learned from it and starting starting in july kind of built on that and made a good finish to the end of the year and, you know, just talking about where you were in July, by the time you sort of started to get your bearings, Kylie Vandermoss looked like maybe she was going to be the truck to beat, including the red, white, and blue. She had to miss the blue race. Taylor filled in for her. And that was, you know, one of those things for the ages, kind of like how Kyle Quella won his championship last year with that last lap pass. That's sort of what you did in the late stages of that blue race, taking away the championship too. Did you kind of know that you were in line for that? You know, uh Kylie's dad, Rob, came out to me right before the race and asked me how many points that uh, we needed to win the race. And I kind of gave him this look like I didn't know, and he, he just flat out looked at me and said, I know you know what it is. I know you guys <laughs> call that out. So I knew I had uh, how many points I needed to win. I knew where I, knew where I needed to finish. But uh, I raced against Taylor for how many years? And Taylor, uh, you know, he was always a great racer, great competitor. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be easy with him. But, uh, I mean, and Kylie, too. All season long, I told everybody, uh, consistency is what wins championships. And Kylie, uh, you can't get much more consistent than what she is. I mean, she runs uh, a consistent race every week. She runs a clean line, um, just a great competitor. I had a lot of fun racing against her. Uh, we had a couple races this year, too, that, you know, where it's uh, neck and neck. And uh, I, it was just, I just had a blast racing against her. And it was just, it was a great time. Um, and I really honestly think she's got a championship in her near future as well. Yeah, maybe next year, right? I mean, didn't you just say you're not exactly sure what you're doing next year? Maybe you're going to take that truck on the road a little bit? That's kind of an opportunity you guys have because you have the traveling group too, right? Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about my brother and I um, and my dad. We're going to run just a limited schedule next year. 
maybe take a couple of races on the road. Um, you know, this year, after 14 years of racing, it was our first time we actually won a race outside of WIR. Uh, we have second places that we can't even count anymore. Uh, so I was kind of glad to get that out of our, you know, get that out of the way and, and start winning a couple. We got a couple of those. Uh, we got one more at the Dells yet this year, so we're excited to get down there and see if we can repeat that. Um, but yeah, next year, not exactly sure what we what we got going on. We got a, another chassis on the welding table that we started building last year, um, and we think it's after 14 years of doing this, we've we learned something new every year that we're actually at the point where we might actually cut that chassis up a little bit and start out, start with a new theory on it and uh, uh, maybe build one or two more. So I got to ask this question: With 14 years, Andy, when did you stop racing sport trucks? Is there some crossover between you two? Uh, 2001 was my last year at Sport Trust. Okay, so but we did race because I filled in for Taylor. <laughs> I actually had to right. miss a few times Vandermoss. And that was a fun race. Yeah, and me, <laughs> me and Jason uh, had some good battles there when that happened. So there was a little, probably, I don't know, three or four races we ran against each other on the quarter mile. There was one race where you and I even had a little bit of a tangle there. Oh. Yeah, so I think Jason was on the inside, and I was trying to pass maybe on the outside, and I kind of crowded him and didn't give him enough room. And uh, the front of his truck ended up on the top of the bed of the, the three truck, the three Vandermoss truck. And uh, I didn't know it right away at the time. I just thought maybe I was down on power or something. But after a lap and a half of dragging the 96 <laughs> truck around, uh, turns out Jason was on top of the back of the neither, neither one of us lifted that entire, <laughs> <laughs> that entire lap <laughs> so yeah, there's some good pictures of that that's awesome you know having the the glory days of the sport trucks coming back and yeah that was probably like 2004 I would guess now I, I gotta ask this question of you Jason have you because it's a little bit before my time at WIR as the announcer have you run the other any of the other divisions, or has it strictly been sport trucks? Have you ever had the itch to run any of the other divisions? Uh, you know, what's the plan outside of the sport trucks if there ever was one? We always thought that when we got in a sport truck, that was just our stepping stone into the next uh, next division. I mean, we like Andy, we wanted to go sport trucks, limited late models, super late models. But um, you know, after we got into it, started running it, we knew it, um, and uh, I mean, the sport trucks really. I think it was uh, Steve Rush of uh, Steve's Fix-It Shop put it the best way, is that it is the most amount of speed you can get for the best money, really. I agree with um, And uh, we, we just know it. We're, we're content with it. We're happy with it. I've, I've always wanted to hop in and run the half mile and just give it a shot. But uh, after we've talked about it, we always thought maybe renting a ride for, for a Tuesday night practice. But uh, as, soon as, uh, <laughs> as soon as we, after we talked about it, we always figured as soon as we did it, we'd be hooked and want to do that. So we thought it's best just to just keep doing what we're doing. And we enjoy the trucks. I mean, uh, it is a very cost-effective way of racing. Uh, it's a great way to get into the, the get into racing. Um, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are coming up through the coming up through it. There's, uh, um, I mean, Andy came through that. You know, Todd Verhagen, Scotty Baker, uh, Kyle Kalmus. I mean, all these guys that have come up through sport trucks. And, I think uh, there's like a list out there of like 17. Oh yeah, 17 people that have moved up to the half mile. Right. I, the I believe it, and they've all been very successful too. Yeah, we really enjoy support, uh, supporting it. Uh, you can race multiple different tracks, uh, try to you know learn the basics of racing, and then get even more in complex. And what I really like about it is it's not just about racing uh, the best truck out there, but you have to build the best truck, uh, you know, have the best setups, and uh, just really every aspect to just you know go back to old school racing and that's what i really like about sport trucks so that rewind that takes us now to rewind a little bit what got you into it what gave you the itch to start racing and why did you decide to scratch that itch so when i was uh when i was in grade school middle school i went to the races at wir all the time and uh just always watched them always enjoyed watching sport trucks my brother and i and my dad we always looked at him and said well, that's always what we're gonna do um we go down the pits i remember talking to andy um you know and uh jason handle and those guys and uh by the time i was 16 years old i'd saved up all my money and uh with a little help from my dad and, and, and my brother and i we both chipped we all chipped in and uh, we bought jason handle's championship truck from 2004 and uh started racing 2005 and uh, that, that was just kind of history from there. Just basically going to WIR week in and week out 
and uh, just having a love for racing that got us into it. And that's a great story. We heard that from Scott Wolf too, where you just sit in the stands and you get involved just because you're a race fan. You know, we just talked to Rachel, and obviously her roots are the family is the one that does it. So it, it's always good to hear, you know, that these fans, if they are out there and want to get involved, there are definitely ways of doing it. Yeah, and especially Wisconsin Sport Trucks, uh, um, we're always looking for new members. There's going to be a couple trucks coming for sale this upcoming year. Uh, this uh, next year is looking like a strong year again for us. We also have the bi-weekly series at Norway, and that's really been taken off. I think uh, Joe Vergen had wrote a, a press release today about that, uh, that, how much that's growing. There's a good, strong support up in Norway. There's guys coming from Kakana that race up there as well. Uh, so it, we really, we're really trying to grow the club. Uh, growing up in Norway, growing up in Kakana, uh, we're, it's just it's been the strongest I think it's been since I first got into it. Yeah, and I think one of the best things um, that you touched on a little bit too is but the sport truck club is uh, just the camaraderie of the group and everybody working together to help mm -hmm. out. So like you mentioned, you got a truck on the welding table, you're building one. This isn't like a half mile car where you can just go down to race tech or right foot or left hander and buy one. So a lot of these parts are homemade or Vixmer's making axles or, you know, just a lot of different connections. And it's just a big networking group where everybody out in that outer pit helps each other out and that's really what i think is pretty cool about the truck class that you guys still have going yeah i mean people people get into it and they don't know what's going on and if they ask i mean they come up to me and my my team uh if they ask us questions i really don't hold back i don't really have any secrets to hold maybe a couple things that you know you don't want to let low but for the most part uh i want to see people succeed in the club uh, if with having strong competitors is a strong club, uh, it gets more people interested in being in, in the club, and uh, it gives us more people to race against every week. I'd love to see it when I when I first got in the club. There was 30 trucks that raced. I'd love to see it get back to that again. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think this year was one of the strongest we've had in years. I think we had um, I think we had 18 one night. Uh, I think we were averaging about 16, 17 trucks at Norway. We averaged about 17 trucks. Uh, so it's been a great year, and uh, I think next the next couple years going to be real strong. There's a couple more trucks being built. There's a couple more competitors getting into it. Uh, some young guns that are really showing that they are going to be in their next next couple years being competitors, running for championships, running for wins and everything like that. So it's it's really going to be a strong uh, supporting support for the club for the next couple years. You know, you mentioned getting involved and your family getting involved and those sorts of things. Just tell me about. Who helps you out on the truck? What you guys do in the shop there? And, of course, the sponsors. Those got to be pretty important to you, too. Yeah, we have uh, my entire crew. is. Uh, we got a wide range of people. Um, there's uh, my dad, my brother, uh, our buddy Adam Schmitz, uh, Tyler Nedicum. He also helps out on, uh, on Kyle Qualls' team as well. Uh, Kevin Romanesco. My uncle Kevin comes out on the track. Uh, I've had over the years my my cousin Adam McCarthy's helped me out. Um, so, but we've also had a lot of sponsors. We have uh, um, Wolf River Machine, Bow Machine, uh, Matt's Welding, Joe Friday's Collision Center, uh, Line to Line Coatings, um, Air Gas. Uh, we even had a sponsor from a couple years ago, Gill, uh, Gill and Gill Attorneys of Law, that uh, they haven't support they haven't uh, really sponsored for a couple years, and uh, I, you know they. Uh, they always kind of follow up and must have saw us at the track all times they came back on board again this year it was great to see that uh we've always had strong support from our engine builder mike weenet um uh, ludwig performance and uh you know chris vanderloop of uh, ken sports has uh, come on board at the club and helped out a lot of people there he's helped us out over uh, this year as well um so just just a wide range of uh of supporters my aunt and uncles helped us quite a bit over the years as well and uh, I mean, it's 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 been a long line of people that have supported us over the years, and uh, you know, my I always have to throw a thank out there to my wife, uh, my brother's wife as well, for help letting him come to the shop all the time. Uh, my mom, because uh, you know, we, we still 
do everything in uh, my parents' shop, so we always take up my dad's time and stuff like that. So, uh, and all the you know the girlfriends of our crew members. So it's just those are the people we really have to thank a lot of times because that's stuff that we enjoy and uh, that's time away from from those uh, loved ones as well that to come in and just do stuff that we love to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, big congratulations to you. Well deserved. Very fast truck all season long. It was nice to see. You guys found that consistency that you were looking for at the start of the year because I know that had to be pretty tough on you because you were actually leading quite a few races and then they fell by the wayside. So, congratulations on getting that monkey. I've kind of felt like I jinxed him a few times. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so. Did you pick him on the podcast? Because yeah, no, that's all I would, it would take. <laughs> you know, there'd be like three or four laps left, and I'd say, hey, Jason Putz, you know, bad break last week, but it looks like he's still. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, the worst one was where we had that half lap lead and then. Uh, I think what it, I think we uh, broke the chain. That was that was the that was a heartbreak there. And, and uh, was that the night that Kylie got her first win? That's when she got her first win. She didn't even know. Yeah, yep. she wasn't. She didn't know. No, she that's didn't know. how far ahead you were that you broke. You pulled off the track, and no, the second place driver didn't even know. You know, and the worst part that about that, you. the worst part about that is my brother Joe. Right before that race, looks at the chain and goes, "I think it's a little bit Lewis." And I said, "It's fine. We'll make it. It'll be great." And uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, a couple laps from the end, we popped the chain, and uh, he, he didn't let that one go at the end of the night. Something tells me he won't for a little while. We might hear about that again at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I w- I'm not allowed to set chain tension anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, Jason. Thanks for joining us. I right, thank you guys. All right, well, again, thanks going out to Rachel Meyerhoff and Jason Plutz for joining us. And we should mention, obviously, the other champions of the divisions. Casey Johnson, you set a first-time super late model champion in the predictions, Andy, so good work. I think it kind of counts, but it kind of doesn't count because he was a red, white, and blue champion. But so overall, kinda half counts. overall Thursday night, and also Dennis is first. Yep, Dennis, Dennis is and first. Julie's, cool so, yep. Yeah, so I, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'll give you that one. That's pretty good. Dan, I think yours came true, too. A little bit, yeah. I said all divisions. We only got one division where we had a rookie uh, fast qualifier and winner. Yeah, and, and that, that was, was Fickle. Justin or Tanner? Justin. In the fourth cylinder. Correct. Kind of a rookie. Rookie in that class. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I, I'd say the four cylinders in the sport trucks are kind of on par, really. I suppose. A bit different. Speed-wise, but... Okay. but Two totally different yeah. pieces. And I told Mickey Shelley, as long as he wins two features next year, we're all good. <laughs> and he agreed. So we'll be watching out for Mickey next year. Um, Casey Johnson, Jesse Bernhagen, you already mentioned that a little earlier. Congratulations to Jesse doing it with one and a half feet instead of two. I'm sure his ankle was feeling fine. Yeah, and it was cool to see him get it. It sounds like uh, they might be moving for his job and stuff next year where I don't think we're going to see him full-time next year. Right, so. yeah. There's another class that kind of opens the door for mm-hmm. a new champion. Yeah, and a lot of really great competition like we've seen all season long. Yeah. That will be wide open next year, no question about that. Uh, also, we should talk about the Rookies of the Year in those two divisions, too, because those battles were very close. We were watching them all year. Grant Griesbach ends up taking the Super Lates, uh, which he had the lead going in, and he was very strong over the last three or four weeks. Yeah, uh, I think really the second picked, last yeah. week he finished third. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was, was really good. He was really picking things up. And then a change on the final night after the feature where Craig Krieger took the overall Rookie of the Year title away from Will Timmers, who had, unfortunately, some issues. Didn't get to see how he might hold up. But, you know, Craig, over the last – kind of a lot like Griesbach over the last few weeks, sort of just started to pick it up a little bit more and more and more and ended up working out for him. Yeah, and Craig's plan to start the year, I mean, we obviously had him on the podcast earlier. He was going to split time with Shane. They were just going to start in the back. They were just going to learn, stay out of the way, and then you saw kind of the the last month of the season when the rookie battle got kind of tight. All right, we're starting in our spot now, and the guys talking to the guys on the team, they were kind of watching what the 22 was doing, and that was their kind of gauge in their car to beat. So, yeah, come up the last night and get it by one point. That's pretty cool for those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we talked to Rachel Meyerhofer, Super Stock Champion. We talked to Jason Splitzer, Sport Truck Champion. Andy Miller, first-time champion. Uh, kind of, I think, what, it, when I was talking to him, his second year full-time in the yep, four cylinders. Sounds right. Got a different car, I believe. Yeah, so congratulations to him. I know he does a lot of work on that car himself, just a little bit of help, and a new baby that just came a couple of weeks ago, so some pretty frantic yet exciting times in the middle of household and 
we should mention we'll at some point over the next few podcasts have all these people on, but we wanted to start off with a couple and just sort of give them their time so we're not shoving everybody into one podcast <laughs> or making a two-hour-long podcast. We want to still kind of make the time good. So we'll have all of these people eventually, but uh, we started with Rachel and Jason. Uh, also, the figure eights, we're going to have to go and update his style. <laughs> Craig Vandewettering picking up another. I think it's really close to here. I think he's going to need two tiles soon. Yeah, he might need two tiles. I think he's going give to. Give him one of those black ones and give him a black I think Sharpie. He said, I think he said number six. When we get him on the podcast, we'll be certain. But I think he said number six. Um, and also a big figure eight win for him in yes. the even destruction, the 25 lapper. That was the main. Probably the wildest ending to a figure eight race I've ever seen in my entire life. Craig Krieger chases definitely. down Terry Van Roy. They get into each other going through the final set of turns. Craig flips over Terry Van Roy. Terry's spinning in the grass trying to get to the finish line. And meanwhile, here's Craig Van de Wettering side by side with Ethan Beatty at the line. Craig nips him by about a foot. And all this after Craig had been, what, about a half a lap down the entire race? At least. Yeah, because he spun out on lap three and it went green to checker and it was nuts. That's why you never give up. Keep oh, digging. He certainly didn't, and it paid off. And, of course, another repeat champion in the quarter-mile late models was Corey Kempkis. Won it last year and then backed it up again with another win this year. And that was, was kind strong of a all year. pretty crazy ending to that one, too. Yeah, very. Yeah, I think, what, Kelsey Hayes won the first one, right? Yep. And then Corey won the second one, didn't he? Sealed off the championship. And then I Jim, think so, yeah. And then Jim Duco had that incredibly rough ride at oh, the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the offseason with that division if it gets incorporated where it's a full-time deal and mm -hmm. we have them there every week or if they continue to um, just have it five to seven times a year because they really increased their car count this year. Yep. Um, last year, you know, it was like four to six cars every week, and now this year, you know, you saw 10, 12 cars there. I think the last night there was, what, yep. 12 or 13? And they've been tying in real tight as well with the 602 late model class down at the Dells where cars are now kind of going back and forth. And when you have a limited schedule like that, it's nice, too, where the Dells guys, maybe they can't come up every Thursday, but they certainly could come up once or twice a month if they right. have to and they want to compete weekly. And those outlaw bodies look sweet. They do. They look really, <laughs> really cool, don't they? Oh, I will agree with that one. And then we should mention also Brock Saunders, the winner of the – we did mention this, I believe, on the last podcast, but winner overall of the uh, Winning Gaming Home Builders Association Pavement Pounder. And it sounds like kind of the same deal in the works for next year. You know, there's been a lot of rumblings that maybe they would bring them in every week or more and things like that. And it sounds like, if anything, maybe they might add one more race. But I think it's going to sound mostly like it'll be a three-race deal again okay. next year. Nice. Yep. I was actually talking with Joe on the last, second to last night. And he said that it's just staying a three-race deal. That uh, He had a couple of sponsors come to him wanting to make it like a five-race deal, a seven-race yeah. deal. And he said, no, we're just going to keep it a three-race special because it drums up enough of a uh, interest in it, but it doesn't make it oversaturated. And I'll let they do yeah. it three races, but the last one, they put them on the half mile like Matt did at the Tundra Show. Oh, I'm that telling you, I've been trying to talk to these guys about at least doing, one, at least doing one of the three on the half mile. <laughs> I, thought, I think that would be incredible. The babies would love it. You know they would do the, it. Their engine builders didn't love it, but, yeah, oh, they'd I'm love sure. it. Ah, you know, they got cradle late <laughs> models out on the half mile before. Just set the rev limiter at the right place. That's all you got to do. All right, boys. Well, it's good to see you again, Dan. Good to see you, too. Yeah, you know, we saw each other last week at the Eve. What would you think of yep. the Eve? Definitely a more interesting format. With yeah. the They had the music going the entire time, a lot more of the pyrotechnics. Um, and just, it seemed to flow. It did. It didn't seem like it was stop and go and stop and go. Mm -hmm. There was always something going on. It was a work in progress. Oh, I yeah. think you're going to see that, that format shift a little bit over the next few years to the point where it's going to be more like a, an entertainment type event where it's not just watching something smash and then waiting. You know, you're going to have things going on in between. You mean Benny the Bomb just watching him blow himself up in a car? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you were at the Even Destruction, you heard me say this, but I'll, I'll repeat. So I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was maybe the first or second time I had been announcing at the Eve because I, hadn't, I haven't done this much uh, since I started announcing at WIR. And I went down and interviewed Benny after he blew himself up. 
And I asked him, I said, Benny, how old are you? Uh, I'm 82. <laughs> so this year, and mind you, this was four or five years ago. So this year we were looking, and out of curiosity, because I'd like a few things to talk about while Benny's setting up, I turned to Ginger Vandal, who's standing next to me, and said, how old is Benny? She says, well, I don't know. So I said, well, let's look it up on Google, because Google tells you everything. Benny's 80 years old. <laughs> He turned 80 this year. So, See, I got so a different five story. years ago, he told me he was 82. <laughs> I got a different story from Roger because I, I stand right next to where Roger sits. And he said he's really 84. Okay. So he's still behind Pete Zarnoff in yeah, the sport trucks. I, I, think, I think he's operating in <laughs> Either Benny. Either way. I think he's operating in Benny years. I mean, I'm sure I, I that all blow, the explosions yeah. are going to add a If you blow yourself up three or four times a year. Yeah. You're definitely asking for it. And the Demo Devil can't be too far behind him either. Some yeah, of his stuff's pretty wild. Oh, I yeah. don't think he meant to do what ended up happening. Kind of like half missed the ramp that last. The one where he flipped into the six cars? No, before that. Oh, oh On yeah. The front stretch. Yeah. He kind of, I don't know. I don't know if he misjudged it or didn't think it was going to. It was going to ass over tea kettle that quickly. It but was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> what, where he landed on his roof? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's a different character, but he's a lot of fun. He's a very entertaining guy. That's there's no doubt about that. See, I still remember. I want to say it was it was him who did it. Uh, the first year that I ever went to Eva Destruction, there was a bus standing kind of in the bend of the dog leg on end, mm-hmm. and he drove into it with another bus. <laughs> he would do that. I could see that happening. That was the first year that I ever went out there to the Eva Destruction. I can definitely like, see that happening. Oh, and. Five Let's not forget six. to mention what uh, our buddy, friend of the podcast, Rockstar Russ did in the obstacle race. Oh, gosh. So he had a car that the trick car got hit in the X and lost the whole back half of it, but continued to go because it was a front-wheel drive car with just the front half of it. And right. the crowd just absolutely went nuts. Unfortunate, that was pretty stylish. The unfortunate thing there is that once he got hit, he spun into the grass, which wouldn't normally be an issue, but with all the rain that had happened the week before, he got stuck. And you got to give Mike Bonella a tip of the hat because he drives out through traffic in the side-by-side and pushes Rockstar Russ out of the grass so he can keep going during the green flag run. So a little tip of the cap there to Mike Bonella for doing that. Didn't have to do it, but... Uh, kept the kept the entertainment going. And how about those UTVs, too? What'd you guys think of those? Johnny those Greaves out there. Interesting. Those were really interesting. They're fast. Yeah, they are. I wasn't expecting them to be that fast. Yeah, they don't weigh nothing, so they're gonna go. That's yeah. true. They're starting to race those at Norway too on the third mile. I've uh, I've got some rumblings that we may see them more at WIR this year. Stick uh, that'd be interesting. The Tundra <laughs> UTV series presented by Matt. Ah, uh, might as well. We've done sport <laughs> mods on the half mile. We might as well just do everything. Why not? Yeah, we got sport trucks at our next race. We should do a backwards race one time. In the Superlates? Yeah. Andy would show up for that. Uh, <laughs> turn it right. I'll have to check my gearing, so what happens in... Never mind. That'll be a four-tire race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then uh, Rockstar Russ won the trailer race. Mm-hmm. He waited until the very last race of the season. I got to tell you, I think that's the fastest trailer race I've ever seen. That was a pretty fast. I mean, usually the last 10, 15 minutes. That was on, like but that one was quick. Four minutes. Right. Done. I, I they got it. some rules about that, too, where you can't weld the tongue onto the hitch. Oh, yeah, like guys. Were those aren't rules. Those are guidelines. Kind of, guys away. were getting pretty creative with that kind of stuff <laughs> there for a few years. Those are just guidelines. Come on. Yeah. And how about Terry Van Roy in the Jeff Will Robbie tribute bus yeah. winning? That was good to see. That was real good yep. to see. But Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there still isn't enough racing left coming up here. I still got one Tundra race left down at the Dells on the 23rd. We got a champion to crown, and the top five is separated by 19 points. And the so, week after that, so you that got another goes. champion to crown with the Tundra late yeah, model. The late class. models. Uh, that sounds like it's going to come down to Jesse Bernhagen and uh, your brother. I think because Meyerhofer. Unfortunately, wrecked. He might be borrowing a car. Okay, there we go. And then uh, I don't know if Roadwald's going to show up again, but we'll okay. see if he does. Because he was racing at Norway. Yep. So he, he's got the car back together. We were just talking about that, how many guys made it to every event so far, and we figured it was 
Brian, Mike, Jesse, and Justin Waller. Yep, and Justin Waller, because too. Because we had uh, Travis Volm at Wausau, mm-hmm. but then Brazen was at Kakana, and he wasn't yep. at that one. Yep. So, so. Yeah, there's a few guys who still uh, are in that hunt. And then, of course, we go into Rockford, and then Oktoberfest. Fest and is best. The, and then the harvest, that Golden Sands. And then following. And then following the same weekend as our banquet, which is probably the next time you're going to hear from us here on the podcast. Yeah, Saturday, October 20th is the banquet. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't got your tickets yet, they'll be for sale at the next meeting, which is Monday the 24th, I believe. Um, and then a few other dates, they'll post it on the Facebook page and stuff. So, And you know what would be awesome? Let's say like ahead of time you order your DVDs of any of the nights of action this year, Dan will hand deliver them to you at the banquet. Yeah, I'll be there. See? So you order your DVDs, you show up to the banquet, Dan will hand deliver. Yeah. I would really like a DVD of that final super late feature. Oh, you're going to get the whole night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. Or you can get the whole year of super late racing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'd really like the second night of the year for the super late feature. I heard something happen. I heard something happen on that video. About that. <laughs> How convenient. Guy hasn't won in two years, and of course, that's the night you yeah. had technical difficulty. Yep. I would imagine you probably got Scott Wolf's win, though. Which one? You didn't get any of his antics. The after one the where race, he passed though. tech. Yeah. <laughs> the, one where, the one where he was. The one where He's he was driving. He's me off right now. <laughs> the one where he was driving, and yeah. it wasn't because of a DQ. Right there, you go. <laughs> All right, well, it's been a lot of fun seeing you guys again, and we'll see you all at the banquet here in a few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Always a good time. <laughs> Andy Monday, how are the Chargers going to be this year? Uh, the Chargers are like that hot girl in high school that talks to you, and you think you have a chance, but you never really do. Okay. And that's another one of those years. So they look promising, but it's it's not going to happen. Aren't they the one talking to the hot girl what is the Super Bowl trophy and they don't have a chance? Yeah, it, it, just is, it's, yeah. it looks good on paper. but See, the Dolphins the, are that nerd sitting in the corner that doesn't talk to any girl <laughs> at all, basically. That's that's kind of the way it goes. At least that's the way I see it. They'll both end up like 8-8. Eight eight. Oh, there we go. And then you got the Packers. Yeah. That just have a god. Right. Well, we'll see how long his knee lasts after <laughs> last week. It's only yeah, a sprain. No kidding. It's only a sprain. Only a sprain and a whole lot of cortisone and whatever <laughs> else they gave him for his eyes to be that big during that interview. <laughs> <laughs> My no gosh. kidding. I will have what he's having. <laughs> yes. Someone asked me about that. I'm like, you know smelling salts do that to you? Probably don't, but it's a good excuse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Dog bears. The chokers. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up. FRC.us is the website. Fox River Racing Club on the Facebook as well. And we will catch you the next time around. Stay out of trouble.